Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. Welcome to Country Not Country, a Radio.com podcast. Here are your hosts, Aaron Austin and Nick Russo. Episode 32. Welcome back, Aaron. Yeah, back in the building. So this is the dirty 32? No? <laughs> no. Okay. I'll... We're gonna have to we're gonna have to cut that phrase loose now. So what is uh, the 40th? What is uh, the clever thing for the 40th? You mean like if we Lordy if just... Lordy, we're on number 40? Like what's like you know how because oh, well, dirty well, 30 it... is a cliche birthday term. Yeah, uh maybe is it like over well, I thought it was over the hill, but that's no. fifty, I thought. Fifty's not over the hill? No, I thought 40 was over the hill. So you're saying you're over the hill. Uh-oh, we oh, got yeah. the age out there. Uh-huh. I mean, I've, I've admitted I'm over 40. I'm just not going to say how over 40 because it's none of your business. All right, well, we'll say this. Uh, we're on episode 32, and as we were recording episode 31, talking about Morgan Wallen going viral on TikTok, the news broke on TMZ, but then later on that night... It got even worse. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he got pulled from SNL. So we'll give you the, the rundown of what happened and why he actually got pulled. I have no doubt that... We were ahead of the curve there. Mm, we were onto something. Our spidey senses. Well, I think, and, and speaking of spidey senses, we'll talk about Priscilla Block that was on the show. We were talking about her and her song, and I was like, who is this chick? I found her songs, so there's an update on her. We were more entertained by the PMS and the uh, the funnier <laughs> songs. Or the, yeah, the what thick was thighs it like? Save lives. <laughs> yeah, thick thighs. But also, she went viral on TikTok. I just thought of that connection, yeah. too. And so now she got a record deal. So, yeah, we'll, we'll catch up with her. We always talk about dating during the pandemic and whether or not we think it can happen. Apparently, it can for Reba McIntyre. Which also gives me hope. Uh, thank you, Reba. Uh, but and then we're going to talk about this because I've been wanting to talk about this on our podcast for quite some time. How every man seems to be obsessed with Joe Rogan. I mean... Daily, I get references. Daily. Yeah, I'm one of those people that are obsessed with Joe Rogan. However, I, I have a I have a different take on it because I don't watch his show every day. I don't listen to his podcast every day. But I, know I do somebody listen that to does. I do listen to a lot. I know a lot of people that do. So I, I kind of went through his background to kind of give an example of who Joe Rogan is, why he got to the place he is, um, and also why I think we why men appreciate him so much. Have a giant man crush on him. And then the final thing is the music. We're going to play the Dear Rodeo, uh, Reba McIntyre version that we didn't play last week. Yeah. Way, way to be. Yeah. Uh, getting off task. <laughs> well, we did play a We played three songs last week. Between I mean, Bruno Mars, Dan and Shay. We were talking about, you know, my DMs. I mean, there was there was a lot. There was a lot to take in. So speaking of a lot, Morgan Wallen found himself in a lot of trouble, I guess, because I didn't realize he was going to be on SNL. I think I heard it, but didn't really digest it. And so when I heard he was being pulled from SNL, it kind of caught me off guard a little bit. But at the same time, for some reason, I didn't anticipate a repercussion of the viral TikTok. But then again, I'm like, how could I not? And how could he not? I mean, maybe he just obviously wasn't really putting two and two together, but yeah, getting pulled off the show. And it was basically for coronavirus protocols, like, hey, you're swapping spit with a bunch of people. Maybe you shouldn't be around our entire cast. Yeah. <laughs> it's just an idea, but yeah. So I saw his video on Instagram where he was like saying uh, his apology. Yeah. And I understand because as a, as a person who has messed up in stupid ways... Which I think a lot of us have at some point in time, so none of us are perfect. Everyone does, right? I mean, uh -huh. everyone does something stupid where you're like, why the hell did I do that? It cost me this. And, right. and, and I could see it and I could feel the pain. Maybe Does that make me an empath? That I could feel his pain. I could put myself in his yeah. shoes into what he was doing. Congratulations, and, you're not a sociopath. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> that's, hey, that's, that's reassuring. <laughs> yeah. So there was a sense where it was like, 
Because remember in the podcast I was saying, he knows in that video, I could see it, that he was like hating that he knew it was on video, but he had to do it anyway. Like he couldn't say no to the to the uh. ego pool, you know? And so there he is on, you know, in on the Instagram story talking about how he's let down his fans and bandmates. And the silver lining to me is that he mentions Lauren Michaels, mm-hmm. that Lauren Michaels reached out to him personally. And I think that speaks a lot about the industry and that it wasn't a personal attack on Morgan Wallen. No. I mean, it was like, hey, this is this is how you broke the rules. And when you break the rules, this happens. And I feel like Lauren Michaels was probably, it was kind of like the dad talk. You know, he was probably getting the dad talk. and then, But at the same time, he said, you can still come back. You know, so it's, I mean... I feel bad for him, but then it's like, well, you didn't miss out on your shot because you're still going to get your shot to be on SNL. You know what I mean? Where a lot of times uh, we as individuals, we fuck up and guess what happens? Ain't nobody giving us a second chance. Yeah, so. and and he, and you could see the pain in his eyes that he realized it because it's it's it sucks to have to suck up your pride and go in front of everyone like that and say. And what he said was he was looking for joy in the wrong things in life. And how many times do we all do that? Man, mm-hmm. thank goodness there haven't been cameras around me in those times when I did that. You know? <laughs> yes, thank God. Whew. But that goes for everyone. No one's perfect. And, and I and I every time I think about anything bad I've done, I'm always like on the spectrum of bad. <laughs> I, I got a feeling I'm closer to the middle. For me, I'm a colleague. I can't believe I did that. That was so bad. But then I think about other examples, and I'm like, well, I guess it's not that bad. You know, it's like, and so the same with Morgan Wallen. Sure, he at least at least it wasn't a full-on sex video, right? He was making out in a although, public place, you know? Uh, although, and you know what? If he, he did have a sex video, maybe that would have made him, like, explode. You know what I mean? He would have been, like, the number one guy. I mean, Yeah, let's it be worked honest. for Kim Kardashian, right? Mm-hmm. So. I understand, but, but I'm just saying on a moralistic, moral level, on a the news found out the worst information about your life type thing, you know, where you just, where if you're going to get raked over the coals, at least he got raked over the coals on something that was, yes, it's bad. He should have not have done it. It was a childish mistake. He got punished for it, but at least it wasn't catastrophically bad. I'm just saying. Correct. That- I mean, look at Sam Hunt getting, you know, a DUI. I mean, that's an eye-opening experience, giant mistake. Has it ruined his career? Absolutely not. I mean, I'm sure there's probably some jackass out there that's like, oh, he got DUI and hates him. But it's like... But that also brings up the point to Morgan Wallen was in trouble in the Nashville bar. Remember we did the podcast about him too where he was... He got disorderly conduct at Kid Rock's bar and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. So there's no doubt that alcohol has been heavily influencing Morgan's decision-making for the past few months. Well, and which is why he said he was going to take a step away from music for a while, focus on getting step away healthy. Step the spotlight. Yep, and get healthy, and which is always a good good idea. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've done that, like stepped away from something so I could get my head on straight. Yeah, and the end of it, at the end of it, There's so many examples of how easily you can throw it all away because of alcohol or drugs. Mm -hmm. There's so many examples. And and that's where Lauren Michaels bringing him up again. I think if anyone has seen the gamut of celebrity behavior and personality disorder or personality traits or across the gamut, no one has seen more than Lauren Michaels. Oh, well, not only for guests, but his, uh, you know, his cast. I mean, who's the... Chris Farley was the first person I thought of. Well, yeah. So you got Chris Farley. Well, I would, I mean, if we're going to go, I mean, let's... Let's go back old school, like Jim Belushi. Oh, or, yeah. Blues yeah, or Brothers John, wait, style. Wait, is it Jim Belushi or John Belushi? John Belushi. Yes. There was uh, also Jim Belushi. They yeah, were the Jim Belushi Belushi's brothers. Jim Belushi's his yeah, younger brother. Yeah. So John Belushi. Um, then you had, yeah, Chris Farley I was thinking of. Um, and then obviously the one, the cast member that's on now. Oh, Pete Davidson. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that kid is... As raw and as uncut as it gets. Uh, yeah. I mean, talk about struggling with mental illness. I mean, he or, is Or like, drug abuse or whatever. Yeah. So there is almost like that perfect storm of synergy there where if Morgan Wallen was going to get caught up in some drama and end up in a situation, he probably ended up in the better end of the drama because I think he'll... This should be an eye-opening experience to where he realizes, you know, hey, I probably shouldn't do some things that are really hard to say no to. I got to not do those things. Like, when next time he gets invited to a to an after-party... He's going to think twice about what he's going into and what the situation is. Where are the cameras? Where are the phones? How can this cost me? Well, I just, when, and I'm thinking of so many, uh, you know, country singers that get in trouble. Luckily, country music can be very forgiving. You know, I was mentioning Sam Hunt earlier, but then I think of Michael Ray. He got caught with weed 
what was in it? A McDonald's cr- drive-through. Yeah, and he was like, wasn't he drunk too? Nothing ever happened to him. Luckily, everybody was on Christmas break, so it kind of just got swept under the rug. To compare what Morgan Wallen did to a DWI is. I don't know if that's fair, really. A, he's over. I mean, he wasn't like well, I, I mean, it was you, just the misbehavior during a pandemic. It was yes. it was the perception of what he was doing versus what he was actually doing. Yeah, I will agree. Which is really wild if you think about mm-hmm. it. That the perception of you is more valuable at times than what you really are, because that's what people believe is the perception. That's a good point. Very, very deep. Oh, getting all in the feels over here. Okay, so let's move into Reba McIntyre because I, I really, really loved this story when I read into it. First, I was like, Reba got a new man? What? Yeah, well, I Dating I, at 65, Aaron? That seems crazy to me. You know what? I'm almost there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but um, when I saw this story, it, well, first of all, I loved me some CSI. So the, her her new man was on CSI, Rex Lynn. And you may not recognize his name, but if you see his face, you're like, oh, yeah, that guy. Seeing them together, actually, I love. Have you ever seen him Well, I, I looked him up, and he's also in Better Call Sal and Young Sheldon. And so, then- yeah, I always saw him on CSI. And you see him on that show, he was a country boy. So seeing him and Reba together, I'm like, oh, kind of makes sense. So she had her first husband, like, back in, like, the 80s. Then she married Narvel, who she has been married to forever. They were, you know, he was the manager for her all those years. And then... That was like a big breakup. He gets with some younger woman. She dates some other guy for a little bit. I can't remember who that was. And now she's got him. So and a lot of people would think after being married 20-something years, finding love again would be absolutely impossible, which I know sometimes I might feel that way. Well, I, but- think, I think it comes down to the love of self because dating during the pandemic, A, isn't easy. We've already talked about oh. this a bunch of times. And she brings it up like- This was on her podcast. Yeah, so she broke the news on her own podcast. USA Today ran with it. And so then the tabloids all got, picked it all up. And uh, she says that they laugh and get to know each other through FaceTime and texting. And she says having a person to talk and laugh with is what she loves the most. Mm-hmm. So- There was something special about the way she described it because at the end of the day, we're all chilling alone, right? And I think that that's kind of the catch about the pandemic. Maybe not everybody. Definitely you and I. Well, well, most (laughs) people, no. Most people, Aaron, are by themselves. Like the person who's listening to this podcast is probably by themselves. Like make no mistake about it. Like in general, more people, I believe, are spending more time alone. And that illuminates it to me. She's 65. Reba McIntyre, she has no husband. So mm-hmm. what is she doing? Hanging out the house. Does she have her kids? Maybe her kids come by. She's 65. She's also older. So why would, you know, there's the risk of the pandemic or the virus. I'm just saying there's a lot of sense of alone going on in the world right now. And she's speaking to that. And she says that having someone to FaceTime with is super cool to her. And I, I'm like, that is awesome. I, like, may everyone be so lucky that they have someone that is interested enough in them that they're willing to talk to them every day and have a conversation or whatever, you know, because some people aren't that lucky. Yeah, I'm one of them. <laughs> what are you talking about? You talk to people every day. No, I do. I mean, I talk to you every day, but as far as like having that person, like that special person. But Reba and- does, probably doesn't even have a you or a me. Like there's a few friends, there's an agent. I'm sure there's a couple best friends that check up on her every now and then. But we're giving her the benefit to think that she just suddenly has a people all the time. And that's not the case. We all have people we can reach out to. But I'm just saying that the that personal touch from her says a lot. She goes, it's good to have a person to talk to and get into subjects about what's going on, discussions about our past, our family, funny stories, him being an actor, me being an actress. He's very into my music. I'm very into his career. It's just great getting to talk to somebody who I find very interesting, very funny, very smart, and interested in me too. That's the full quote of what she said about their relationship. And that goes into what we're saying, having someone interested in your life and in what you're doing. She likes someone that wants to talk to her about her music, but also it's it's vice versa. Like I like I, It's not that I don't want someone that likes me because I'm on the radio, but I want someone who's actually interested in what I'm doing versus interested in the idea of me there is a difference there and so i'm what what i'm picking up from her is that he's interested in what she's doing it's not just because she's reba mcintyre or is it do i need them to be like oh my god you're aaron austin no but i also want you to respect the fact of what you've done too 
it's a tough one. In the last podcast, we talked about what it's like to talk about someone in the podcast that you're dating. I talked about how I was always apprehensive about that. Right. And you talked about how you were, you know, you kind of have always done that. That's always been kind of part of the morning show routine was talking about your dating life. Yeah. And so she says... He's very special, and since we're having a dating segment for the podcast, I think it's very appropriate for me to talk about Rex and that we're having a blast and still getting to know each other. I put myself in his shoes, and I said if he was doing this podcast and he didn't mention me, I would be crushed. Mm-hmm. Which goes to speak why the gentleman that you had been dating is interested in listening to the podcast and what you have to say because there is a considerable amount of interest and care and consideration. And and the same with VB. Whether or not she's listening to the podcast, she hasn't told me. I think she has, but the fact that I'm willing to talk about her probably speaks volumes to her that I'm willing to acknowledge the fact of what I'm doing in my daily life without really exposing her necessarily or right. talking about who she is, just talking about the fact that it is a part of my life. That's what my whole other podcast is about. It's me talking about my life, my experiences, things I've seen, things I observe. So maybe that's just who I am, but I like connecting on that level. I like to know that I'm not the only one that feels this way. So I'll probably always do it. And if there's somebody that has a problem with it. They're probably not the guy to date. Yeah. I mean, I mean, granted, I'm not going to sit there and necessarily talk about our freaking love life or anything like that. But, I mean, I will say, I will talk about stuff. If it's relatable, why wouldn't you? And then again, it's like... And if like, it's based in truth, it shouldn't matter. Like, if you're, as long as someone's not lying about the relationship on the radio or on the podcast, then to me, there's no issue. It's yeah. when people are lying or making things up that aren't true, it can't substantiate, well, then you have a problem. Now, I don't have necessarily a problem talking about anything and everything in past tense. It may not be somebody's business, but I don't necessarily have a problem talking about it if it's past tense. I just don't want to talk about necessarily everything that's present tense. Going back to the past, you can say what actually happened versus what you think is going to happen or how someone might be feeling or might be thinking. And that's where you get into troubles when you start assuming the other side of it, right? So mm -hmm. as long as there as long as it's based in honesty, I don't think it matters. Like and that's why, you know, when I listened back to the podcast, I thought about myself and how vulnerable I probably sounded talking about VB, but at the same time, I didn't really mind because it was true and it was honest. And like maybe that spoils the opportunity with a uh, with some other girl in the world that's interested in me and hears me say that, and she's like, "Oh, well, then I'm never gonna date him." Well, then you probably wouldn't like me anyway because I probably, <laughs> you know, because no, yeah, no, it's true. And sometimes I've caught myself over analyzing the things I expose about myself at the time you know even in this podcast like today there's something in my head that like oh should i have said that well you know speaking of podcasts because reba has hers we have ours oh and yes and best podcaster in the world right now <laughs> God. there is no one there is no podcast better than his well, uh, let's oh yes joe rogan so pretty much every guy i know is obsessed with him and probably has like like has a pillow on their bed that's named joe i mean they are obsessed so, obsessed so there's lots of different layers and and everyone who is a fan of joe rogan has probably found joe rogan at a different point in his life that's what I have found. I mean, I was always a fan of him on Fear Factor. <laughs> there you so, go. And me too. He was great. If you want to bring he, back the hissing cockroaches, bring the, it back, Joe. But he played that role great. Yeah. He, like, he was almost like this fearless guy in a fearful world that was, like, being fearless to the teams. You know, like, <laughs> there was a part of him that pushed people over the edge without pushing them. He urged mm -hmm. them without pushing them. You know, there was some, there was a magic to it because I want to say Joe Rogan on Fear Factor was my first exposure to him. Yeah. My extended exposure to Joe Rogan came with UFC. As a UFC fan, okay. he's the best. Like, if Joe Rogan's not calling the fight, no disrespect to the rest of them, it's not as exciting. And what's so crazy to me is seeing him on UFC for the first time, I was like, what the hell? The guy from Fear Factor's on. Like, I had no idea he was even into that. So that was like, what? So he's not just a casual martial arts UFC guy. He was an expert in Taekwondo in his younger life. He was a U.S. Open champion, right? So he was teaching Taekwondo at Boston University and doing stand-up comedy on the side. He realized that in kickboxing, he was getting a lot of headaches and realized he felt like he was getting brain damage from all the fighting. So he decided, screw this, I'm just going to do stand-up. So he started doing stand-up, got discovered, had a bunch of these random side jobs. And one of his side jobs was he was a limo driver, right? Hmm. That was one of his gigs. And then he worked for a private investigator. And this guy's name was... It was a crazy name, like Diamond Dick Diggler or something like that. <laughs> Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it up so you can hear it. Dynamite Dickless Dave Dolan. It was one of the funniest <laughs> dudes I ever met in my life. 
There it is. That was his name. I can't. I can't even. Dickless D. I don't even know what he just said. That is crazy. Yeah. What is that? Well, first of all, that's an interesting life path. So where that right before he talks about his private investigator life, he says he was a pool shark. He was in the. He was with the hustlers and like shooting pool and pool halls and stuff. And then he gets discovered by his agent who then gets him these gigs doing stand-up comedy in LA. He moves to LA. He starts the fear factor gig. He starts doing some other, he did some other hosting, some other stuff. Uh, I, I could look it up, but he hosted some other TV shows before fear factor, which got him that gig. And so then, you know, he gets his notoriety on, on UFC a little more like that was September 9th. And it was episode 1534. Dear God. And th- those podcasts, like, I think the longest one you and I have ever had is over... Right in an like, hour and six minutes. Yeah. This one is two hours and 53 minutes, the one on Sweet YouTube. baby Jesus, what are people doing with their day so that I usually, listened to him all... For me, it was road trips. When I drive to San Antonio, I put on the Joe Rogan podcast that okay. I like, and I sit back and listen to it, you know, and, and I enjoy the heck out of it. Like, the whole time, it makes time fly by. And and so the, the Joe Rogan, for me, the... I'm not going to call it the obsession, because... When I looked up to him, there was a part of me that was like, th- like I want to be like Joe Rogan. Yeah. And I want to be like him. But when I found out he was 52, I was like, man, I got so much life left to live. This is amazing. Like, I, I have time to accomplish my goals because he was there. He was doing that. I would like to know the timeline of how old he was at these points when he was teaching Taekwondo. When he, How old he was when he did Fear Factor, you know? Also, look who is now interested in Joe Rogan's no, life. No, I mean, <laughs> I, well, I, I'm doing it in a comparison level, which I probably shouldn't compare, but, I, you know, you know me. and Well, that's, kn- how I, that's how this subject came up, is that I saw Joe Rogan as being successful in a podcast. He's interviewing Ron White. How awesome would that be to have Ron White sitting across talking to you for at two and a half hours? That's got to be so fun. Elon Musk has gone twice to sit and talk to him for three hours. Like, how cool is that, that you end up in that position? And the truth is that people care and want the unfiltered conversation. True. They just uh, yeah. want to hear people being themselves. Like, that's why people, the, however many people listen to this podcast, they just like hearing us talk to each other as friends. Yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, I guess I everyone's just... alone, Aaron. Everyone's alone. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. But, which is why, I, again, I was contemplating getting a roommate so then I'm not alone. Um, you have the internet, the virtual word, Aaron. I, 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 I'm... Allow yourself to be pulled in. Just tie, like <laughs> I said, I, so I told Aaron on the phone, I had this, I'm tying myself off and diving into the virtual word. And you're like, whoa, wait a minute. That doesn't sound good. I'm yeah, like, no, well, no, no, no. Because the way you said it sounded so dark and like, like, Honestly, like I thought maybe I'd have to call somebody to come over to your house to do a, you know, a check on you. A wellness check? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, real quick. So the Joe Rogan connection, right? Oh, yes. I think this is like, honestly, this is really cool. My story about my buddy who's a waiter? Yeah. Yeah, so... Because I, I thought you were going to say about how I conquered my inner bitch. Because uh, that's no, what, yeah, I'm okay. still waiting for that story. Yeah, that's really cool, too. So I, I got, like, five best friends. Uh, Tarek is one of my best friends. He lives in Austin, and he lived in Dallas before. We became best friends in Corpus Christi. He's always been in fine dining. He was waiting tables at this really nice restaurant in Dallas, ends up moving to Austin on a whim to have a change of life, starts working at this really, really fancy restaurant. I'm just going to say TF, you, if you know, you know. Okay. And it's super nice restaurant, probably one of the nicest steakhouses in Austin. And Joe Rogan is a regular. Hmm. And uh, Joe Rogan goes in there and gets that high-quality, top-notch steak every time. It's like the like he loves that that awesome cut of meat, right? There's okay. a spurt, certain Wagyu steak that only this restaurant offers. My buddy has waited on him a couple of times, and I – I'd never wanted to share this photo because it's too much, but sharing it in this context, I think, makes sense. And I don't want to weird out Joe Rogan or worry my buddy, but he tipped my buddy like a grand on this really expensive tab, right? Well over $1,000 tab. So maybe it was a party, something was going on. Right. But the fact that he, that Joe Rogan thinks like that to tip a thousand bucks to some waiter, you know, with no reason other than probably great service, top-notch service, you know. That that was so cool, and it really showed me that Joe Rogan is, in a roundabout way, the guy that I think he is by what he pr- puts out to the world and through his podcast, right? Okay. Like, yeah, I see what you're I, saying. Like, I, I saw a sense of humility in Joe Rogan, and I see it. And, again, maybe I'm an empath, so I see in him myself a little bit. And so when I saw that, I was like, man, that is so cool because, like, Tarek, to me, is one of my best friends, and Tarek has always been looking for his thing in life. What is the thing that he's supposed to do for his job for life? He's an incredible fine dining waiter, and he makes really good money. He supports himself doing that, but it's not what he wants to do. It's just what he's done. And so 
Joe Rogan is doing what I've always wanted to do. And then, and I've been a big follower of Joe Rogan and not like a cult type follower, but just an appreciation of what he does. So seeing them two come together like that in that way was a really cool sort of like universal connection moment for my life. Well, and I just think it shows what a good human being he could be again. You men are obsessed with Joe Rogan, so you probably know his birthday and have, you know, a card ready to go out for his birthday. When's your birthday? August 6th. Yeah, his is August 11th. So Oh, okay. That's kind of where, maybe that's where it was, because he's, he's he's not quite a Leo, I don't think. I no, think he's, he's Leo. A, oh, he's yes. Leo? Okay. Yeah. Uh, he, what's, what's between Leo? What's his, what comes after that? He's Because he's almost the next no, one. No, because... Uh, oh, no, he, he's not. He's dead center. He's a he, Leo he's de- as it gets. Yeah. Oh, that explains even more. If you want to tie astrology to the obsession, he's the leader of the pack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he is, well, yeah, I was going to say, no, he's not on the cusp. He is 100% in it. Yeah. Deep, like we're deep Leo. Like both of us are And he's 53, and- not 52. Okay. Yeah, and his wife is from here, too. Oh, that's right. You were saying that. She's from Sugarland or something like that? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Joe Rogan, you want to come on the podcast, break this bad boy <laughs> open? Well, actually, I would like to know his secrets, just because... That, You'd like to know like his I, what? I would like to know his secrets. You know, he has reinvented himself, so right now I'm in this, this spot where I'm reinventing myself, right? I don't have a job in radio anymore. What is it that I'm supposed to do? What is my path? This is what we've talked about earlier today, you and I on the phone. Look at him. He went from being a, you know, kung fu master or whatever and teaching kids at Boston University, which in itself is pretty kick-ass. Then you're in stand-up comedy. Completely different. Then you quit that, uh, quit teaching to go and be a limo driver and then in working for a private investigator yes i mean all of that is like ding ding like it's all over the place right and now now he's doing this podcast but he was hosting fear factor you know what i mean there's just a lot of twists and turns that i would just love to know how that all came about i mean obviously like i said i'm trying to figure out what i'm supposed to be doing what's my path and i'm kind of feel like okay what What's next? Yeah, well, you know? it goes to show that it could be some. His past should show you that it could be something way out in left field you haven't even considered yet. Yeah, because and if you if you're thinking he if you go from teaching Taekwondo at Boston U to being a driver for a private investigator who lost his driver's license because of DUI, that's a huge jump. Yeah, you know what I mean, that's into a totally different direction. So I think having and granted the, those are temporary steps, but at what point did it? How long did it take from? that temporary step of being that limo driver to getting discovered, to getting the job on Fear Factor, to getting to where he is now on UFC and his podcast. You know, I don't know what other projects he's got going on, but I would love to know the time span it took for him to get there. Because, I mean, he's 53. I'm in my 40s. Um, I believe he was doing Fear Factor in the time frame to where you're asking now. I believe it was... Or 15 or, years prior to now is when he was doing Fear Factor. The UFC gig came after Fear Factor. So he got into a position where he started gaining more popularity about at your age, I believe, is when he started you know, started climbing even higher. And, and you know, one knock of it, on wood. If I could suggest one of his podcasts for anyone to go watch, go watch the latest one with Kevin Hart, where Kevin Hart talks about breaking his back or whatever it was, oh. where he broke all these bones in his back and – didn't know what was going to happen and how things were going to go. Mm-hmm. Watch that one if you're going to watch one. Because Kevin Hart is one of the most uplifting and powerful, inspirational, positive speaking people you will ever listen to talk. And him and Joe Rogan together were dropping bombs of knowledge about the self and how to grow as a person and how to overcome. And the one thing that they have in common is they work out every day. They make sure that part of their day is spent beating the hell out of themselves somehow right beating the heck out of their body you could take that so many ways yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) but yeah yeah some people already do that so so like uh, joe rogan talks about conquering his inner bitch yeah and and i i don't really like to refer to people as bitches or myself as a bitch like i don't really like that term because to me that's a such a derogatory inferior setting but maybe i understand what he's saying because i i gotta i call mine the inner wuss because the inner wuss is constantly doesn't want to do anything i like i'm like oh i should go work out the inner wuss is like oh come on just chill you can hang out a little longer then mm-hmm. i don't go work out right the inner wuss won well yesterday i conquered my inner bitch i conquered my inner wuss and i went yes. to the gym and i worked out but i attribute part of it to joe rogan because 
I've been watching his little post every now and then where he's talking about it. And in the fact that he, someone who I look up to in that respect, and even Kevin Hart in that re- to that degree, I respect them. The Rock is another great example. People I greatly respect their success, and they also doubt themselves. They also have the voice inside that tells them, nah, quit. Nah, don't do it. Nah, you don't need to do this today. Oh, you don't have to. But they don't let it win. And that is super, super important in life for all of us, I think. And that's what I try. That's what Joe Rogan does for me. He makes me believe that I can do whatever it is I want to do. I don't have to give in to the voice of doubt. And that's what mm. Joe Rogan is for me. Which is, you know. That's powerful. Some, yeah, no, it is powerful. It's, I mean, maybe I should listen to that because today I was definitely struggling with that this morning, you know. Give so. yourself like two hours. If you can think of like two hours where you have like, think of it like watching a movie and just watch the Joe Rogan, Kevin Hart one. And I promise, like, you will there you will be will astounded. I d- will I suddenly have a crush on Joe Rogan after I'm done? You might have a new appreciation, yes. <laughs> So, uh, okay, so if you'll go, go do that, we can switch to the power of this podcast because because of Joe Rogan's power is yes. why I feel like our podcast could have power. Oh, okay, yeah. I've lo- I'm loving these cheesy segues hey, that you come up they're, with. They're, 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 they're natural segues, Aaron. <laughs> I just highlight them. Coming up next on Country Not Country. When I was just about, just about over you. You heard that song before, Leroy? Leroy just stepped in. I just heard it just now. That was your first time hearing <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, that was first time. Are you on TikTok? Yes. Okay, so she went famous. She got famous on TikTok. Oh, wow. And she just got signed to a huge record deal from her TikTok breakthrough. Oh, that's awesome. Priscilla Block. Priscilla Block. I'm going to check her out. She's got a song called Thick Thighs Save Lives. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next on Country Not Country. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. So I have... We could go back to Britney Spears and her listening to our podcast and then reacting. Oh, which, reacting. by the way, there was something that popped up yesterday about her. What and happened? I was like, basically, uh, her lawyer said that, God, it was something about how she basically is like a vegetable. Like, she can't speak for herself. He her lawyer said, said that? Her lawyer said she basically, like... How, the lawyer said, well, she doesn't want to ever perform again, da-da-da-da. The, uh, the judge said, well, how about you have her sign this affidavit or whatever say, stating that she doesn't want to do this and this is what she'd like to do. And he goes, well, I can't really do that because she really can't speak for herself. Makes it sound like she is not able to make her own decisions. Well, that's been the crux of the, of the, the, crux of the argument lately has been this sort of incapacity to make the serious decisions in life, and that's what the dad didn't want. And so if her lawyer is now saying that, that's tough. Brittany, I, I'm praying for you. I still believe in you. But I haven't seen any updates that show that she's listening to it, but I have no doubt that at some point she was she was confronted with our podcast to her <laughs> ears in which she reacted. I love I will, how you think our podcast has magical powers. It does have magical powers because you know who we very much appreciate on this podcast is Parker McCollum. Yeah. And he assigned to Universal Music Group, mm-hmm. UMG, and Universal Music Group recently signed Priscilla Block, which who, I brought to your attention. You sure did, and because she went viral on TikTok, uh, the the internet went abuzz with her song "Just About Over You." And real quick, I'm gonna play a clip of it just in case someone's just listening for the first time. This is the way it sounds. This is we're only gonna do a little bit of the hook. Why'd you have to come back in right then, right when I was just getting? Have heard I was moving on. Then right out of the blue, a quarter past two. I'm all about you. When I was just about, just about over you. You heard that song before, Leroy? Leroy just stepped in. I just heard it just now. That was your first time hearing <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, that was your first Are time. Are you on TikTok? 
Yes. Okay, so she went famous. She got famous on TikTok. Oh wow! And she just got signed to a huge record deal from her TikTok breakthrough. Oh, that's awesome. Priscilla Block. Priscilla Block. I'm gonna check her out. She's got a song called "Thick Thighs Save Lives." So Leroy came in while we were playing the song, and I was like, "Man, you can hop on. It's a podcast, so we're not. You know, I mean, we're on the radio, but we're not on the radio right now. So yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, so I was like, we'll get you, your take on it. See what you think. So yeah, so you got to look it up for us. So I'm look it up. Think. Yeah, I'm gonna look it up. It sounded good. What I heard it sounded called great. just about over you, and uh, she got signed. And we we're talking about how our our um, podcast has superpowers because we were talking uh, about. I didn't her. say that. Nick said that. But yeah, okay, you know so what? it's my belief. It's my belief that we have superpowers because I, I. She brought it up and we uh-huh. played it, and then like three, four weeks later, she got signed to a record deal. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm telling you. And then we we've talked Yay. about Britney Spears, and then Britney Spears posted about us. So if you get, if you, <laughs> he says posted about us. I don't know about that, but Leroy, you know what? I love it. And Leroy. <laughs> Maybe let's try to put the we'll try to anoint the superpowers to you. Here, give us a plug for your for your music. Yes. Um you can reach me on social media's Leroy Cook underscore, or you can reach me on every um platform that sells music. Type in Leroy Cook. Knockout is out right now. All right. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, we'll we'll listen to it here in a minute. Also on the podcast. Oh, we'll do yeah. it for you. <laughs> an impromptu listen because you came in, so it makes sense, right? Yeah. Thanks so much, y'all. You're welcome. Yeah, Reba. you're welcome. <laughs> All right, so Cody Johnson and Reba McIntyre are now together on Dear Rodeo, which is. <laughs> the way you said that, they're now together. I was like, wait, hang on a second. Yeah, which, by the way, I, I thought it was kind of crazy. We've heard that song for a while. And we played it last rodeo season. And then I think it's now just starting to get some life and they're trying to make it go national. Yeah, then they put some Reba on there. And Reba knows her her business about a rodeo. Well, my thought was that she is preparing for Rodeo Houston, maybe. Oh, is that what you're thinking? I mean, it's the, one of the biggest festivals in the world. Like, it would make sense. Ooh, and she, and that would be interesting. It, it at least lays the groundwork for it. Okay. So here's uh, I, I I sped it up to where it's just uh, Reba's verse on Dear Rodeo sounds like this. Dear Rodeo, I like to think you miss me too, but I know you don't. Oh, but that won't change the past, and that won't change the truth. I'm still in love with you. Dear Rodeo. I feel like they could have had a little more Reba in it, uh, but I, I mean, I like it. That so. was also my only criticism was I thought she was just redoing his verse already. She just sang the verse like it wasn't an added verse. There, you know, I feel like they do that a lot lately. Like there's a lot of that. The song is out. Oh, maybe it's not getting enough traction. Let's make it a remix. Or we want to make it go pop. So we add, you know, kind of like um, Gabby Barrett's song. Then they put Charlie Puth on it, which, by the way, I mean, I love Gabby Barrett. Love that song. To me, I could totally do without Charlie Puth in it. Yeah, that's like, definitely eh. a tactic of, of the pop side of things to try and um, add an artist to it, to add interest to the song or to the single. But and- you know what's funny? Like, I was just at Academy getting uh, some tennis balls because after this podcast, I'm going to go practice hitting some tennis balls around. There was a song. They play a lot of country music in Academy, and they played Keith Urban, We Were. Right? You know that song. It was the song written by Eric Church. So I'm sitting there looking at some uh, tennis shoes because I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe I should have actual tennis shoes. So I'm listening, and all of a sudden, they play it with Eric Church in it. And it was like, I'd never heard that version before. And you're at Academy hearing that for the first time. Yeah, and I was like, oh, my God, I want to download that. Because it sounded, actually, it sounded really good having him. So was Keith Urban on it, too? Yeah, so it was Keith Urban first verse. Then uh, second verse was Eric Church. And, like, how you don't hear those two voices and think they would sound good together, but they actually really did on that record. Well, Keith Urban is a chameleon. I think mm. Keith Urban is one of those artists that can just kind of squeeze into any crevice and, and make his music appeal. Like country music's where he landed because there was nowhere else to really encapsulate what he was doing. And and he often says that he considers his music genreless. Like literally, he says that. I would say now it is. I think when he first came on the scene, like somebody like you, like yeah. that. That was very country. Yeah. Or you look good in my shirt. Did the- he have raining on Sunday? Hmm. 
Man, that was such a good song. Yeah. Man, I almost want to go cry and listen to that song. <laughs> I'm good. I, I'm good. Well, maybe, back. Uh, maybe Leroy's song will make you cry. <laughs> oh, man. It's not going to make me cry, is it, Leroy? All right. So I, I just moved it to the 26-second mark. So we usually play like 30 seconds or so. So okay. we'll, I'm just going to hit play. Because you drive me crazy. And I never want to see you. No, no. So hold on. Girl, just stay around. I can tell by the way you're walking. I can tell by the way you're talking. Maybe girl, girl, my night girl, girl, my night girl, girl. I like it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A, a lot, a lot. You are getting naughty over there. <laughs> I, I hear a lot of a uh, lot of '90s R&B flavor oh, in there. Oh yes, oh yes. So I I have some like we've never really had a discussion about uh-huh. your music before. So do you write your music? Yes, I have. I write my music, and I also have a team of writers. That oh, okay. I work with, and we all went to college together. So. Oh, oh, that's yes. so awesome. So how long? Okay, so that song. Yes. How long ago did you write that song? I wrote that actually a year ago. Okay. Uh huh. All right, and so from start to finish, how long does this? process take yeah for each song um writing could take a couple months or it can take a day mm-hmm. depending on the subject matter um some things hit real uh-huh and they hit hard so it's like i can just call my friends up and we can just talk about a conversation and then we'll turn it into a song mm. and then i'll go into the studio and record and everything like that and um the process can take a couple months and then Going back over re-listening and re-editing and different things like that. And sometimes we get in our own head. Oh, yeah. Saying, like, it could be already perfect, but going back and listening, listening, you want to make little tweaks and little changes. So that's why it takes so long to... Oh, no. No, No, I'm just curious because it's like, I mean, you've got, you know... You've had a couple songs yes, that you've uh-huh. been plugging. So I've just, you know, I've always wondered how long that of a process that took you. Well, and then I know you then had the videos, and that's, yes. like, such a production, oh, too. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. You you were posting something on your Instagram story. Um, God, what was it? There was some dude, maybe he's one of your uh, videographers. Yes, yes. But uh, he was, like, shirtless, and I was like, who is that? <laughs> I swear to God, for a split second, I'm like, Leroy has abs like that? And I'm like, oh, wait, what day? What day? <laughs> and then I looked, and I'm like, oh, that's not and then I was like, who is this man? He is, wow. I mean, he is cut. Yeah, we make a um, production of every song. Each song has a story. Okay. So I kind of put all my friends in the storyline and make it um, kind of like you're watching a series. So each song, when you when the project is finished, will connect, and all the videos will connect to tell one big so story. So are you like, I mean, are you doing this? For a free, and I say for free, like, are all these people doing, donating their time to, like, your production people, your, like, producing people? Like, how does that all work? Like, are you getting bankrolled by somebody? Like, how? <laughs> no, all this is coming out of my pocket, and it's all labor of love right now. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my friends are in the video because um, they see the vision. Yeah. And I'm grateful for each and every one of them, and I'm grateful for y'all as well for always supporting um, since the beginning. And it's just... My videographers, of course, have pay and different things like that. And um, but it's all just a labor of love for everybody. Yeah. Just to okay. see, because you never know. It takes um, a village, man. Takes a village. And my thing is, I've seen many people, um, like even with sitcoms, they start on YouTube and then it becomes an actual series on television. So we never know what this vision would. That's why I'm so big on making visuals, no, because right. visuals can tell the song and make the story of the song come to life in a way that just listening to it, you probably might have a different story but you like nick might listen to it one way but you might listen to it another yeah. way interpret. so that video is going to really bring the song to life so. well and i like it that uh you know obviously we're in houston yeah. so you i mean i you posting that video of the guy with his shirt off uh-huh. i went down a wormhole and i was like who is that and then you i started look up every, yeah friends. like i was i was looking up all these people and it was just like really cool to see all i mean all of these really talented people here in Houston. Yes. And um, and then there was like a, a video, uh, what was it? They were behind the scenes. Uh-huh. I don't know if it was a music video, but you could hear the girl off in the corner. She's like, yes, j- that's it. Perfect, uh-huh. perfect. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then I'm like- That's my stylist right there. Oh, is, okay. Yeah. And I was just thinking, that's a whole, I got to see something I'd never had mm-hmm. seen before because I don't really know much about filmmaking and mm-hmm. any of that. So that mm-hmm. was a kind of a cool perspective to see 
see that angle as well. So it yeah. speaks a lot to like how you build a team around yourself and as long as everyone's pulling in this because it, it's easy for us to always feel like we can do something on our own like we oh i can do this by myself i don't need anyone's help i got this and there is something to be said about that sort of mind state but yeah. the the true success comes when you can have multiple people pulling in the same direction for the same cause for the same thing and yeah and, and every single person i've ever looked into or read into about the successes in their life and no one ever says oh yeah i just stuck to myself and did my own thing and just kept on doing what i thought was right they all say oh i met this person who introduced me to this person who these two people had this yes. idea and then yes. i told them this and they're like oh it'd be great if you did it like this and uh -huh. then everyone starts to work together to create this massive vision you know the collective vision versus just one person's exactly yeah exactly. oh you know you were saying how uh sometimes it can uh, writing a song could take like a a, you know, take a day. You can do it a few hours or it can take weeks. Uh, it made me think about Shay Mooney from Dan and Shay. Yes. Did you see the video of his son? Yes. So I got it real quick. Uh, <laughs> Aaron, so Aaron sent this to me, and I was, and I'm not going to lie, I didn't look at it when you first sent it to me. I just saw a picture of a child, and I was like, whatever. Yes. Like, You're like, why like, the hell is she like, sending me like, this shit? I'm, like, I'm not trying to cry right now. I'm not trying to, like, I don't know. I don't know What's what is. What's the motive? Right, yeah. and, and so. Have um, I ever tried to make you cry? Hey, I mean. Know, it's not about you making me try. It's about. <laughs> I never know when I'm going to cry or what's going to happen. So real quick, so when I was hanging out with Kate, my daughter, probably like six weeks ago, she was freestyling. Like, oh, wow. she, like literally freestyling words. Like, wow. And I was like, this girl like, is like rapping? rhyming, rapping, oh, rhyming. Yes, 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 she was singing yes, yes, yes. and rhyming words oh, that actually awesome. made sense about life. Like what she was saying made sense, and it was like I was like, God damn, am I the guy right now that's like my child's a prodigy, right? <laughs> like, like, it's the passion in it though. You yeah, feel so that. the oh, ability, yeah. the ability to do that is inherent. People are born with it or born mm -hmm. without it, right? Like rhythm, you you can teach rhythm, but some people are born with rhythm. Mm -hmm. What? Oh, so she was FaceTiming with me last weekend, and she has a piano or a keyboard in her uh -huh. house. And so she's like, here, oh, that's the wrong setting. And she's like six and a half, right? Yes. First grade, wrong setting, hold on. She corrects it, and she's got the phone, FaceTime, set up on the edge of the keyboard. Wow. And she starts playing notes, like she, like in a count of four. Ding, 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 ding. And then I was like, holy smokes, like no one has taught her anything, and she was able to it's pick up her. the counts, right? So anyways, when I watched this video, it reminded me of seeing of, Kate do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, I kind of have it scrolled up here to like 20, 16 seconds. It's about a minute-long video. So basically uh -huh. Shay is saying... He does like an artist interview with him. So you wrote this song. Oh and, my and god! Do you have any idea how old Asher is? Um, I mean, two or they, three. He's got to be two because they had babies back to back. Yeah. So like he, he's got the iPad, right? And so here, yeah. let's see. Called "Nice All Day Long," and Asher, what inspired this song? How how did you write? What was your process in writing this song? And my process was. I was just singing it in the office mm -hmm. while it was just recording mm -hmm. when, when the red thing was spitting out some record things when it records. Gotcha. Okay. What was this song inspired by? Yeah, I, I'm being nice all day long. Okay. And I said, we're about to play it for the people. Uh, it's my favorite song right now. So sorry, sorry. I am nice. Yes, I am all day long i'm nice all day long yes i am i'm nice all day long i'm nice all day long oh yes i am is <laughs> <laughs> i like oh his his voice like his little speaking voice yeah. he, like is just the most adorable thing i think oh i've ever heard God. it was like i don't have children but maybe i should pop one out <laughs> <laughs> like that's and that's how it starts and by the parents fueling him and passion it's it's in you because i've been playing the drums since i was a kid my first solo at church was at three wow so it's you you have it in you and like he's seen he and sang he's like, a song that wasn't he that wasn't was putting actual, the word yeah that was a song and he knew the process too yes yeah. yes he's like he I, I, he's like i hit record i was in the office and then it was recording and it said yes, it was recording yes, so i sang yes. like that's how he came up with the song and it's like what's oh it about God. being all nice all day long and like like how cool is that right that just the fact that he made a damn song at exactly. two years old is is so cool like it's just and then he recorded it on his own blows my mind he keeps going, he's going to be Yeah, it's in his blood. I, you know, that's the thing. You said it, the parents need to encourage it. I can't. Have to. Fuel I, the I, passion. I, and that's the thing where 
I think there was things that I wanted to do as a mm-hmm. kid, and then it kind of got squashed. Mm-hmm. And so for me, well, you actually, is, but you still chased your passion because you always wanted to be on a microphone. You always be on the radio. Your yeah. passion never went away. It so never, whether someone, and that says a lot about that says a lot about you. Well, it says a lot You're about better. passion mm-hmm. because passion itself is. That there's some there's a reason things drive us. There's a reason things ignite us. There's a there's a reason for it. I'm reading this. Like, it's unexplainable. Reading. So entheos, e n t h e o s, is a Greek word for enthusiasm. It's the root word for enthusiasm. The Greeks said it was God inspired frenzy, mm-hmm. meaning that it that when you're passionate about something and enthusiastic about it, that is God's fire within you coming through you is what they believed in the ancient civilization. For enthusiasm. Now you know a bunch of uh, celebrities are going to start naming their kid that. Entheos. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I like it. There probably is already. We yeah, just don't know. It. Awesome. But yeah, so I, I believe very much in fueling the passions. And, and to the point, what you were saying when you were a child, maybe some things that got squished. That's everyone. Everyone That's in life. People mm-hmm. are always going to tell mm-hmm. us what we can't do or what we're yep. incapable of doing because of what they think or whatever Still parameters they put on adult. us. Yeah. Yeah. It never goes but away. But it is like, I mean, it, it is amazing when you get told as a child, like, you maybe don't realize it at the time that it's squishing it, mm-hmm. but it is. Mm-hmm. Like, I was never a fear. But it can never put it out. That's the catch, is that the yeah. passion fire but is there real. Is, there is certain elements. Like, I used to want to sing and do mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And then I remember getting, uh, having uh, my mom tell me, you're trying too hard to sing like the people on the radio. And then it was like, ooh, well, I'm not going to sing. Like yeah, but look what radio. happened. You ended up on the radio every day, so, it's not, yeah. so you can't so you can't attach yourself to that, and, and you can't allow that to be the truth because the reality is it wasn't true. And that's what happens in our life every day. People will always tell us things that are not true about yep. ourselves yep. that we don't have to agree to. You don't have to agree to our criticisms that someone put on you. It's not You're not t- bound to people's opinions unless you that's live by fun. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, that's some deep stuff right there, y'all. Hey, Leroy, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks so yes. much for having me, and thanks so much for your support. Oh, uh, you're welcome, man. We'll tag you. We'll tag you in the uh, post when we post it. Uh, yes. Episode 32. Hey. That's right. Never miss an episode of Country Not Country with Aaron Austin and Nick Russo. Make sure to download the Radio.com app and subscribe to this podcast. Country Not Country, a Radio.com podcast. Special thanks to executive producers Sarah Fraser and Chase Murphy. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.